Hello and welcome to my top 10 games of 2020. Oh my gosh, it has been quite the year. You know what I'm saying? You all know what I'm saying. You've all been there. You've all lived through it, hopefully. Goodness gracious. But I'm not here to talk about the bad things that happened in 2020, like Marvel's The Avengers. I'm here to talk about my favorite games from 2020. I played a lot of games this year. Um, most of them, well, there was a good mix of new and old, but this list will just be 2020 games. Now, I know people have been kind of confused a little bit, like, what's your favorite game that you played this year, which may not be from 2020, and that's fine, you know? Um, but I like I like to do top 20, uh, I'm sorry, top 10 games, um, new ones that have come out. Um, there have been past years where I've, where I've put an old, you know, one from maybe the year before on there, like, Peace Death was on my 2018 list, but it came out in 2017 or something like that. And I'll do that every once in a while, but, uh, usually the, the games that are game of the year worthy are all the ones that I'll play from the same year. Just to maybe clear a few things up, or maybe you have a few new questions, I'm not sure. I just want to thank you to everyone who uh, joined in on the Game of the Year competition. There were a few people who who did both of the, the it was like a two-parter, so there was a, you know one part this, one part that. So I do appreciate everyone who who put their that uh, who entered into the ring. You know, I was really hoping for more people. Obviously, uh, as you may have known, I set the I set the contest to actually be done on the 15th of January instead of the 1st of January originally. But not enough people were interacting with it, and it didn't seem like people were that, all that interested this year. Um, last year, obviously, we had a lot more contestants because it was a different rule set, maybe. But uh, I was hoping that this year would be maybe a little bit more inclusive, you know, be able to have more people join in. But I guess I was wrong. So, um, before we get started started, I just want to say that I'm going to do my, um, my honorable mentions after the list. I'm not going to put them after 2, I'm not going to put them before 10, I'm going to put the, the honorable mentions after the list. Just the way that the contest was set up, people were trying to guess my top 10 list in, 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 in total. Um, so I, I, I don't want to, like, spoil anything, you know, because people are probably going to be counting their chips, you know what I'm saying? And there were a few games that I thought, you know, hey, I could put that here or that here. Um, but I just, I didn't, and I'll, of course, uh, give my reasonings when I talk about each game. Uh, if you're joining in to the premiere on YouTube, I do appreciate it. Also, if you're watching this live with me on Twitch, Yemi the Ferret. That's right, that's me, twitch.tv slash Yemi the Ferret. Um, I do appreciate everyone here as well. Pretty cool. It's kind of weird, you know, uh, having my voice play on Twitch, but me not speaking. Isn't that right, Yemi? I'm supposed to say something there. Hopefully, I remember. All right. With uh, yeah, you, what, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Making an hour-long video? No. Let's go ahead and start up with uh, my first game that we're going to talk about. Number ten on my list is. What could possibly go wrong? the people save the world ah yes it's man eater 
Now, Sully, before you... <clears throat> well, you are, you did it anyways, but that's okay. Remember that this is my list and my opinion. Uh, your, your opinions and your lists are also valid because these, maybe these games meant something different to you. Just saying, if your top 10 list or your game of the year is not the same as mine, that's okay. That's why I ask people what their game of the year is. Everyone's different and everyone's lists are going to be different. And if, and if you copy someone else's list, else's list, then that's just, that's just a copycat. Anyways, Man Eater, whoo, I kind of fell in love with this game after it was revealed at the Game Awards from 2019. I know people in the chat like, mm, Coco, were saying it looked bad or something like that, I, but I was, I was, I was hooked. A shark PG? Like, come on, that comes around once every century. We haven't actually had one before, so I'm gonna say we get one once every millennium. You know, um, no, in all seriousness, uh, Man Eater really caught my attention early on, and uh, when I played it at PAX East 2020, uh, show the pictures now, Yemi, uh, who is editing this right now, uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I, that was the longest line that we waited in, and it wasn't because that it was long. Um, I'm sorry, I should say it was the longest wait time we had for a line that we waited in, and I wouldn't say the line was long, um, I, but the demo was like a 20 minute to 30 minute demo and you literally played like a, a bunch of like the first area um, or the first part of the campaign and it was it was just it was just a lot of fun and the game is is a lot of fun. Um, I don't know about the PS5 upgrade obviously I'm hoping you know it's, it's probably a better version. It will be available on PlayStation Plus for the PS5 owners um, to get for free next, or this month, I guess you could say, um, in January. So if, if you haven't played Maneater yet and you have a PS5, you can get it for free right now. I would highly recommend getting it, or just add it to your account. You can do that. Don't forget that you can do that. Uh, there's already been two games for free that you can add to your account. You don't want to miss out on that. Um, but Maneater, is, it, it is what it is. It's an RPG, but you're a shark, and you... You eat things to gain experience and evolution points and blah, 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 blah. There's so many different things that you earn in this game, um, including new skins for your shark. You can become a rock shark, an electric shark, um, a ghost shark. Ooh. You can also uh, become a bone shark. It, it, the, the possibilities are a little, a little bit limited, honestly, but for the most part, it was a really fun experience. I, it, was the, it was one of the... It probably is the only game this year that I went through like a hundred percent. Besides from one other game, I think on the uh, later on this list, it is one of the only games that I went a hundred percent for, and I did the hundred percent for. And I was I was very satisfied at the end. Now, would I play it again within a year? Maybe not. But maybe once I finally do get a PS5, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Sony. Um, I will I will play it again and enjoy it just the same and I think I will because even though yeah You know the voice acting isn't amazing and the story is like okay. It's it's kind of goofy kind of funny, whatever But it, it was a fun game the shark mechanics were fun to use it had a bit of a challenge early on And then once you once you become like a megalodon or whatever th Like the sky's the limit there were some great vi underwater visuals in here. I love the collectibles, especially the ones that are like a landmark. So like one of them was like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like movie references and it's like, 
you know, you have like a Planet of the Apes one in there and stuff like that. It was just, it was really cool. I, I liked all the collectibles in here. I liked all the upgrades and stuff like that. Um, the only, the only thing that, uh, you know, that I would say would, was a huge negative about the game was that, you know, the replayability is a little bit low since you can do everything on the 100% on the first playthrough, but there wasn't really anything to keep you going and playing the game after you did the 100%, right? So yeah, you could still go around and do like GTA style where you try and get as many stars as you can, you know, and try and get the, the baddest of the bad shark hunters to come around and try and, and, and puncture your gills. But that, that does get tiring to a point, and uh, that's that's essentially what I was doing at the end of my 100% because I only had to, the, the take down one more hunter, and you had to get, like, uh, the highest level possible, and um, it, was, it was cool. Uh, there's a few really cool uh, boss fights in here. There's some, like, beefed-up fish, too, um, that, that are kind of, that are cool, uh, that are cool fights. They have, like, little special moves to them. Um, yeah, I, 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 could, I could definitely see like an expansion pack for this game coming out next year where they maybe add on a bunch of new areas, hope, you know, maybe, um, or maybe a whole new area, kind of like how, how other games have done it. Um, that would be cool, you know, I, I would love to see them keep this game going because it really is a fun game. I'm just, I'm just saying there's really, you know, once, once you do that 100%, um, there's really not much to do in the game after that besides from the normal, you know, going around eating people and, and animals and stuff like that. But still, very fun game, very addictive game. I think I played it for like three days straight and didn't get bored of it. Um, just a really fun, overall fun game. Um, I know people kind of poke fun at it, but, uh, hey... I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was it was it's definitely one of my favorite games this year Obviously since it's number 10 and this was a game that I locked in at number 10 early on in making this list I, I said you know what it's not better than these games But it is definitely worthy of being on my top 10 just because it is one of the two games that I went and did the 100% on this year, which is kind of crazy seen as like last year God of War and Spider-Man and all these other games came out last Well, that wasn't last year was it? No I'm stupid. Past years, I should say, I did 100%s for games and Platinums for games, and this year I didn't do as many, and uh, I think it's mostly because there was, a, there was a slump in the middle of the year when the, uh, the world-changing event was in full swing around here, where I just didn't feel like playing new games. I put things on the back burner way too often, um, and j just as like a talking point, I, I recently just finished Doom Eternal like two weeks ago. So that kind of tells you how bad my back burner got um, because I was really excited for that one too and I was playing it a lot and then all of a sudden it just kind of stopped playing it. But this game, Man Eater, uh, let's talk about the game at hand, Yemi, definitely was one of my favorites and I played a lot of it. Anyways, let's move on to number nine. Um, I'm actually surprised that Hades is on the list too, guys. Um, this is like a top-down, I think they call it like a rogue light or something like that. It's essentially, it's a game kind of like, la um, was it last year's? There was a game called, um... Um, it originally, when, when it was first starting to get big, I was like, oh, pfft, I'm not gonna like this, why am I gonna look into this? But, uh... 
of course, you watch a few videos here or there, and you see some gameplay here or there, and you hear all these praises here and there, and you see that's nominated for X amount of awards on the Game Awards and the Joystick Awards, and you go, all right, maybe I'll try it out, and honestly, I'm glad I did. Um, the game, the game is super addicting and a lot of fun. Um, it, it, it does something that a lot of roguelite and games like this where you die and you lose all your progress and have to start back at the beginning. It adds some things that really make it unique compared to those other ones, kind of like Dead Cells and stuff like that. Where this one will continue the story. Um, the story is built around the, the act of you dying and coming back and trying to get out of Hades. Dialogue with characters are, you know, it's always changing characters coming and going from your main hub area. Um, different things happening in the world, and it's kind of adding on to the story. Like, the first boss, you'll see, like, several different variants of the boss. Um, and, and just as, as far, you know, far, the farther you get, the, the more story actually happens. And it actually does begin, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this, uh, it does become easier going through the game... Um, to get farther and farther. It's not like some of these games where it's like, okay, you lost everything? Well, you know, fuck you, middle finger. Uh, yep, yep, you're starting from the beginning with nothing. And you're like, okay, well, it's kind of like Binding of Isaac, you know, the, those Binding of Isaac games, you know. Where in this game, you still keep some of your upgrades. You, uh, you, you get to choose your weapon from the get-go. So if you want to try something different, you can. There's like a trident, there's a regular sword, there's the fists that I used a lot. There's like a bow and arrow. Um, I think there was a hammer, right? There's a hammer, a spear, maybe? I don't remember some of the other ones. Some of the other ones I didn't use because I didn't like them. Like the shield. The shield was pretty dumb. I, I didn't like that one at all. Um, but there, but the, the fists were really fun, and that's actually the weapon that I used to get through most of the game. That's right, I really fisted all those characters. Um, I, I, <laughs> now I have got, I have gotten to the end of the game once, and only once, and I did not beat Hades himself, and I was like, well, that's the farthest that I'm gonna get, might as well end it here on a high note, right? <laughs> but, uh, I will keep trying to get to the end on this one. I'm just saying this is a very addictive game. It has a very fun gameplay to it, if not a little monotonous at times, especially if you get the same upgrades every run you go to, but there's really no, no reason, I mean, there's really no way to get the same upgrades every time you go through a level, because it is, it does have that random factor, and there's random rooms that you get, and random enemy spawns, and stuff like that. Uh, the only thing that's, that's a constant in the, in the game is the bosses. You'll always get this, the same boss at the end of the second area um you'll usually get the same boss at the end of the third one it's only at the end of like the first one that you get multiple enemies but then again you know maybe i just haven't gone uh through the camp you know the game enough to get different enemies um in the later in the later boss stages which could be pretty cool to find out you know once i get back to it um, but the, the reason that's so low down here is because I really don't enjoy, enjoy these types of games. Even though this one had me hooked for a while, it has been uh, a hot minute since I played it last, and I think I've lost most of my skill on it. But it is a game that captivated me for a while, and it's a game that kind of broke me out of my regular genres. And uh, I gotta give it praises for that, because it was... It was a really interesting and, and fun game, and I liked the graphical style. All the voice acting was really well done, and I think that's all all around a good game. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, can't wait to play some more. Hmm? And they're still updating the game too. It's not like they've stopped. Like 
they're continuously adding new stuff to this game. So even though it's got an official release now, uh, there's still there's still a good amount of things to go back and explore. All right, what's number eight? Crash! Wake up! <laughs> Crash Bandicoot 4, or just Crash 4. It's about time. It's about time a brand new Crash Bandicoot game came out. Um, I think that Crash had the break that he needed because the last official Crash Bandicoot game that wasn't the insane trilogy was really bad. Let's let's be honest here, okay? There's there's a lot of Crash Bandicoot games that came out after Warped that just just a steady decline of quality was pretty apparent. And I think that it's the best thing that Crash kind of took a hiatus. He was in the background, you know. He was there eating Wumpa fruit, being like, eventually it'll be my time to shine. And Toys for Bob did an excellent job with this new Crash game, which takes place after Warped, which is something that I guess a lot of people weren't expecting because technically Crash the Wrath the Crash Bandicoot the Wrath of Cortex is technically supposed to be Crash 4. Um, but I guess a, I guess they're erasing that entire timeline with this game. Um, and I, I guess they made it kinda kinda con uh, a little bit too convenient for them, you know, it was too easy to just erase, you know, Crash Wrath of Cortex from the from the uh from the timeline because they didn't actually call it Crash 4. If they actually had called it Crash 4, maybe we we maybe we, we we would be talking about a different thing. But let me get back on track. Crash 4 it's about time combines so many elements from these games that weren't that great. Um, along with the original trilogy, which is a, a, a great trilogy, and it makes this really nice hybrid game with a lot of new ideas and and uh, amazing graphics. Like the graphics are so fucking good. Uh, it's got some some things I want to say. Okay, the ball rolling sections reminiscent of Wrath of the Wrath of Cortex, right? Am I right? I am right. Okay. Uh, it still incorporates a lot of the old school stuff, like the running away sections, um, a lot of platforming, um, and stuff like that. But this game also adds some new stuff to it, some new, some new interesting things to it. Now, there are some fixed camera angles in this game that kind of show you what you're going to be going up against, and it shows you like a layout of the entire map, or you know, like one of the first levels, you look and the camera pans back, and you see, like, this mountain with platforms jutting in and out, and you go, oh, that's cool, I'm gonna be climbing that. And I just thought that was so cool. Aesthetically, it was really nice. And with the graphical quality, like, mm, bellissimo, right? Another thing is they, they added in these, um, these s grinding sections, right? Kind of Tony Hawk Pro Skater grind your way through it. Um, and they're fun. Uh, they're not the most amazing thing ever because we've done them before. Like Ratchet and Clank does them better, I think. Even even in that uh, in in the game that came out for the PS4, uh, I think that the grinding sections were more fun. These these grinding sections seem to only be in there to make it harder to get all the boxes, not die more than three times, etc., etc. Things you need to do for gems. So I think that's really the only reason they put the grinding sections in there. Even though they're fun and they're 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 a nice little break from the normal. Uh, the normal uh, platforming of the of the game. Um, I do think that they are a little bit unneeded, but they are they are fun. Okay, I will say that. Not the best, but they're they're fun. Um, another thing that they added were all these new masks that give you power ups. Um, so there's this one that slows down time. There's another one that changes dimensions. There's another one that changes gravity. Um, there's another one that 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 lets you do like a, an infinite tornado spin that lets you like oh like kind of fly. 
it, it, all these masks really change up how the game works and one of the best parts of the game is when you're using these masks all in unison. I, I think one of my favorite parts of the game is like one of the last levels in the game where you're just kind of switching your masks up constantly and you're going and you're just using their power-ups constantly and and it's just it feels so smooth because it's all working together so well. Um, I do have to get into some negative points about the game. The 106% or whatever it is, the, the completionist for this game, is a snooze fest. I've watched two very detailed videos about the game, and I've kind of I've kind of noticed it through my first playthrough, kind of how how grindy the whole thing is. Uh, not only will you have to play through each level at least four times to get everything done, but let's say you miss something, you have to go back through a level, there's tons of boxes and they're like hidden out of bounds practically for some areas where you have to use the camera to kind of look. Um, all the, all the platinum relics you have to get for the time trials, you actually have to, I believe you have to get platinum relics on them all, and then you also have to do a run through each level where you get all the boxes and you don't die at all or something like that, and it's like, holy crap, that sounds, that sounds crazy, and there are people who have done it, trust me, I've watched their YouTube videos, me personally, I'm not gonna go for that, but I will say that that is a negative for the game, because the other Crash Bandicoot games make it a lot easier to get, like, the hundred and whatever percent, and especially in the Insane Trilogy, uh, when you go through Crash 1, 2, and 3, the time trials are, like, the hardest thing, and the only reason why you're gonna, like, grind a level for a few hours, you know? Uh, whereas in Crash 4, it's like, well, every level is gonna take you at least this long if, if, if you do it perfectly, which you probably won't because of human error. And the fact that the, uh, the sliding mechanic and the jumping mechanic are a little bit weird in this one, even though someone lovingly put a yellow circle on the ground where you're going, where you're going to land, which is amazing, which is great. <laughs> Crash needed that a long time ago. Um... For some reason, like, the jumping doesn't feel exactly right, and I go back to the Insane Trilogy, and I go, yeah, this is tight, this is fine, you know, some of the perspectives are a little bit off because it's an older game, but it's good. In this one, I feel like I'm missing jumps, and I shouldn't be missing jumps, you know? It's one of those things, it's like, I'll do a slide jump, and I won't get as, as far if, you know, I, I could have just done a double jump and gained more distance. It's like, well... It, that's kind of lopsided from the past, where a slide jump would uh, net you far, uh, farther, a uh, farther jump. So it's just one of those things you kind of got to get used to, and once you get used to it, you kind of find out that all you really need for this game is spin and double jump. You don't need anything else except for maybe your high jump every so often. Other than that, though, the soundtrack is amazing. Toys for Bob really went all out with this one. Um, I love the the dimensional stuff. I love playing as the other characters in this game, especially um, you know who. Uh, <laughs> but Dingo Dial is also really really fun to play as, and and Cortex. You actually get to play as Cortex. His levels are pretty fun too. I like how they're it's a different perspective for the level. The only thing I don't like about those is like midway through the level, you'll change back to Crash and do the rest of his level. And it's like, I don't know if that was needed, you know. Um, but still, it's a, it's a very fun concept. And I, I think Toys for Bob, did it, who was the developer of the game, I keep saying that, just in case you don't know. Um, I think they did a great job with this. And it, it really does feel like a continuation of the Crash Bandicoot series um, instead of like a new jumping off point, you know. It really does feel like they, they built on top of what was already there, already existing. And I'm really interested to see if they're going to do anything with, with Spyro. Because Spyro is also another 
another uh, trilogy that they remastered for the, the last generation, I guess I can call it now. And um, those remasters were also really good, and I'm wondering what they're going to do with that series, if they're going to make a, you know, a Spyro 4. They're going to completely eliminate everything after Spyro 3, you know, which... Uh, I guess, I guess people really wouldn't mind, honestly, because it, it seems like Spyro and Crash kind of went the same way uh, a little bit downhill once uh, once their trilogy was completed. Uh, but anyways, Crash 4, it's about time It's about time that we got a new Crash game, and uh, it's really fun. Um, and you should def definitely check it out if you love platformers, and if you're a fan of Crash Bandicoot, of course. And it's number 8 on my list, so I, I really enjoyed it. Alright, let's move on to number 7. Hero's just someone who doesn't give up. Your dad said that. He was right. Number seven on the list is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, I really, really enjoyed this game. So the reason why this this game is at number seven um, compared to like the original Marvel Spider-Man that was like I think it was number two in 2018. The, the the big reason why it's not that high, even though it's a new character with new abilities, new side missions, it's New York with a new you know it's snowing, new characters and stuff like that, uh, new story, everything like that. The reason why it's lower on the list than than Marvel Spider-Man. One, I think there were some better games this year, obviously, um, especially in the open-world aspect of things. But two, I feel like there was more quality games also that came out this year. But also number three, this game was super super short. Now I know that it is a cheaper game, obviously, and I'm glad that they made it cheaper instead of a full six-dollar price tag because. If they had made it a $60 price tag, everyone would be up in arms. There's no doubt about that. But since it's, um, you know, it's it's, re it's a relatively cheaper game uh, compared to other ones that came out on the PS5 even, um, I think that people are a little bit more understanding, me, myself especially. I, I understand why they put it at a lower price tag. Um, it really is just a reskin of the New York map from the original game, <clears throat> even though it looks great. Um, I'm not going to lie, it, like the snow-covered, you know, buildings and stuff like that uh the, the central park snow covered looks really really nice um a little bit barren at times but still looks pretty cool um so in terms of like the map i like the style of the christmas time map compared to regular spider-man's and also i like miles morales as a uh, better than than peter parker I, I think that miles morales has such better powers and is so much more fun to use than than the original spider-man um, Peter Parker, I love you, buddy, but, uh, you got, you got stomped on in, in, in a game that takes half, like, less than half the amount of time to finish your game. I, I, I'm, I'm actually re relatively happy, but I'm also relatively concerned, like, after you have such a great character, what are you gonna do in the next game? Miles is such a fun and, and, and charismatic character. His moves are off the, the wall with his venom punches and stuff like that. Um, I love... 
I love all the different things that he, you know, the quips that he has, and he, he, he more or less sounds like a, like a kid who, who's just, like, who's driving for the first time, you know? And that's kind of how this game is. In the campaign, you are driving for the first time. Miles Morales is, is driving the city for the first time. He's the only Spider-Man. And, of course, shit starts hitting the fan, but Miles gets through it without the help of Peter or, 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 you know, anyone else out of his inner circle. Um, and I think that the story does suffer a little bit, um, obviously, because they did not have time to flesh out these characters as much as you wanted them to. No spoilers, but um, there are several characters who you meet, and then they immediately like show like a villain, and then they immediately unmask the villain and reveal that it's the character that you just met. And it's like, okay, that maybe would have been a cool, a cool like thing if I had spent, you know. A few more story missions with this character or you know talking with this character um <clears throat> like i said i don't want to i don't want to do spoilers but it's kind of hard not to do something you talk about something about it but like uh, you know i don't know what they're going to do in the next spider-man game because um i i don't know if going back to peter parker is going to be feasible with with how much fun we i had playing as miles morales um i guess the thing they could do out of left field is <clears throat> have you play as venom and I think that that would be, like, a really cool thing. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see, you know? There's there's some secret ending, secret ending, you know, end of credit stuff for both the, the Spider-Man games that reveal, you know, kind of what's maybe going to be happening in the next one. Um, and I'm hoping that they don't take too long to make the next one because uh, I'm really excited. Um, it seems like um, it seems like it's going to be, like, a really great series that they're cooking up here. Um, and, uh, you know, lots of people love Spider-Man. I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of Spider-Man before the Marvel Spider-Man game. I read a few of his comics, wasn't too, you know, wasn't too into them. But, uh, you know, I'm really enjoying this. And, uh, I, I liked the Miles Morales game. Uh, obviously there's some performance issues on PS4. But, uh, I, I all, in, in general, I had a good time with it. I just feel like it was too short. And when I was trying to do the new game plus on it, I was getting, I was kind of bored because it was like, I just did this yesterday. You know, it was like, it was like the second mission of the game. And I was like, I really don't feel like doing this whole segment again, so close to doing it yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I am excited for the future of the series. And if you haven't checked out Miles, you know, Spider-Man Miles Morales yet, you're missing out on a really fun character to play as. Alright, <clears throat> what's number six? Yeah, number six is Disc Room. Um, I know not maybe not a lot of people saw this one coming, but I thought it was kind of obvious that this game would be on my top ten list when the soundtrack is so, so good. <clears throat> it's so good that I bought... That's right, I bought the Disc Room record that looks like a buzzsaw, and it sounds fantastic on a record player, let me tell you that much. I love the soundtrack. It's bopping, it's beeping, it's booping, it's duping. It's amazing. I love the soundtrack in this game. That's not the only thing that I love about it, don't get me wrong, but I will say this. I think that Disc Room has one of the best um, soundtracks from this year. It, it just It's so it's such a fun soundtrack, and it really helps escalate the tension and the feel of the game. Because what is Disc Room, you may be asking me? And I will tell you this. 
It's a game all about do dodging various different saw blades. <laughs> um, you play as this scientist who uh, finds like an alien spaceship, I think is what it is, and you're trying to get past the defense systems, and no matter how many times the scientist dies, you know, she respawns and has to do it again. It's kind of like a trial or something like that. And there's another rival scientist in there um, who is trying to blow the blow whole place up. So you're trying to catch up to this other scientist and, uh, you know, save the space station because you want to study it some more. This was probably the most challenging game that I played this year. And I'm happy to say that I did get all the way through it. Um, there's a lot of content attached to... Uh, this game, uh, especially after you beat the main storyline and the main area in the main rooms, <clears throat> you will move on to like the real challenge. Like, there's a lot of challenge in the regular game, but there's also a huge challenge after the regular game is done. And I'm still working through some of those, um, but uh, I've I've completed most of the rooms now, and I'm really happy with the experience. It's just it's such a fun and unique experience. You really don't see something like this anymore, or you haven't seen something like this in a while. I guess the the the, the closest thing that I can equate this to is like Call of Duty Black Ops uh, Zombie Arcade or whatever it was, the top down thing where you you, you shot like and you went to different rooms. It's kind of like that, except each room has a new Sawblade-inspired puzzle to, to, to give you. Most of the most of the puzzles are, you know, just, just survive as long as you can. There's a time limit that they want you to reach, and it gets increasingly difficult <clears throat> as the time goes on. Um, there's power-ups that you can use. Uh, you can only use one per area, it's per, uh, per, per, you know, per go. Um, so you have like one that just it's a teleport where you kind of boost you know you, you have invincibility for a second while you boost forward There's one where you split into multiple scientists. so You can have multiple versions of you There's one where you eat saw blades, and then they respawn and it's it's weird <laughs> There's also one that immediately sends you to the opposite end of the room um, The one I used the most obviously was the first one um, where it would, would dash you forward But I also used the one that made you go like semi and I think we went semi invisible, right? Uh, but I used the first one the most out of all of them. Um, I, I found that it was the easiest one to get your high scores on. And the boss fights, oh my god, the boss fights in this were so fucking imaginative. Like, they were so cool. It wasn't just like a, oh, it's a saw blade and you you, you jump on top of it, you know, like Mario Galaxy. No, no, it, it, it's, like, it's like actually a challenge just to do the boss fights and they're really fun and inspired. Um, the, the the challenge you can the challenges you can do with each of the levels are also really really fun and interesting and a lot of them you have to like really think about it you know you can't just go into a level and get all the challenges done there's some that's like okay I, how do I do this or how does this work you know anyways um, disc room really really fun game I really enjoyed the my time with it and I think the the piece la resistance from this game is definitely the soundtrack. It's one that I'll probably be bopping to for, for a long time. Um, and uh, if you don't agree, well, fuck. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I would say, if anything, if you don't if you don't think this is the kind of game for you, which I understand, I would still go. I would still recommend going out and, and going on YouTube or wherever and listening to the soundtrack. Because the soundtrack on its own is worth this spot on the list, honestly. I cannot, I cannot tell you that enough. The soundtrack rocks okay it's my favorite soundtrack from this year even though the next game we're going to talk about had a pretty good soundtrack too um i think that disc room takes the cake 
and I really, really enjoyed playing the game while listening to it. So if you want to check it out, I would recommend it. Show me number five! Ghost Runner. Oh man, this game was caught my eye uh, early on in the year. A YouTuber I follow got access to like an alpha or beta or something like that, a demo of the game, and he played it. And I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be a game for me." It's another one of those games that it has a good amount of challenge to it. I'm not gonna lie, it's definitely a challenging experience, but it's a very rewarding experience. Not only does is this one of the best looking games from this year and it's been swept under the rug um graphically it's a it's a beautiful not only is it beautiful but damn the soundtrack bops on it too and damn is the gameplay addictive the one reason why this game is above disc room is the gameplay is just so fresh and just so slick and so sweet Oh my gosh, the sword play in this game is just so good. Essentially, this game is all about timing and, and stuff like that. There's plenty of games that have come out that have been like this game. Um, and it's, it's it's one of those games where it's like, you can hit someone in one hit kill and they can hit you one hit kill. It's, it's very even. And you gotta kind of figure out how to do your parkour moves around an area to get the jump on these guys so that you can kill them before they kill you. And, and the game gets increasingly harder as it goes on. The boss fights in this game, oh, the boss fights in this game are so, so good. The only boss fight that I wasn't like 100% into was the final boss fight. But even then, it was still a, a really fun boss fight. Um, the, one of the first boss fights you go up against is like this giant like tower that is like an automated system, like a defense system, and it's just so cool. Like just just finding the timing and stuff like that. I had so much fun with this game. The only reason why it's not higher on this list is because it is a very short experience. Um, even though it took me a little bit longer than I was expecting to finish it just because the game got a bit more challenging towards the end than I was expecting, um, I still was able to finish it in, in, in a week, um, of, of playing it. But, I, I, this game, it, it, where it lacks in, like, replayability because of, like, going back through levels, you know, doing, like, collectibles, it gains back a bunch of replayability just because you can have, there's so many different ways that you can tackle these, these, these puzzles that they give you, and... Unlike another game that had, that was based around cyberpunk style stuff that came out this year, which should have been delayed until next year, uh, this one ran on day one, and it was it was beautiful. Um, I really really enjoyed my time with it. Like I said, the graphic the graphic quality in this game is off the charts. Like it looks so good, even on like a base PS4, it looks fantastic. Even the Switch version really doesn't look that bad, all things considered. Uh, the PC version obviously looks the best, and that's what I played it on. And I, I, I cannot believe more. I, I cannot believe it that more people are not talking about the graphical quality of this game. Any, uh, like, dude, it looks so good, and 
it like it has like such mm, it has such fun gameplay I, I really really love this game ghost runner if you haven't checked it out make sure you do it is really really good all right number four That, Zeus, you'll have to find out for yourself. Oh, come on. Video games won't be invented for another 2,500 years. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yemi, you don't like Breath of the Wild? Why would you get Immortals Phoenix Rising? I was asking myself that same question when I pressed that purchase button, but because of a YouTube video once again, I looked into this game and decided to buy it. Originally, when this game was was announced, it was called Gods and Monsters. It was coming. It, it it comes from the same developer as Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is a game that I thought was just too bloated. It was just it was it was just too too long, etc. etc. It's almost like they were listening to my criticisms of the game because Immortals: Phoenix Rising, even though it's still a fairly big game, they jam packed every inch of this map with fun little side quests side things to do all wrapped around a really interesting story i think this is this is one of the only games that uses the greek mythology super effectively right god of war they god of war does things with the with the with the greek characters that's really weird but you know it's like whatever you know it's still cool right you know i i yo, killing poseidon fuck Fuck yeah, you know? Um, <clears throat> but um, Immortals Phoenix Rising actually takes the real, like, limericks and, and mythology of these Greek gods and puts them into a game. Like, it's not it's not sugarcoating anything. It, it, it literally goes in hard. It even makes jokes about the mythology inside of it. it, it it's just it's such a well-written and fun game. Um, I really, really enjoy the story. You play as Phoenix... Who, who is like a shield bearer and he's living in his brother's shadow and finally he gets a chance to prove himself um, and he's and he's on a quest to unite all you know these these four gods and and take out um, the the angry Titan who has taken over the gods realm and he's like trapped them inside of like you know one guy is trapped inside a robot body and his memory is taken away uh, Ares is trapped inside of a chicken and he loses his confidence. Um, Artemis, uh, she, her, she's turned into a tree and her vanity is taken away. So she's only caring, you know, um, um, it's just, there's, uh, there's, there's, there's so many fun little things going on in the story and it kind of keeps you engaged. I really, like, I think I've only skipped like one, one thing of dialogue in this entire game. Like, I think it's just, it's a very well-written game. It's, it's a very, it has some fun dialogue in there. Um, I think that the overall visual quality of the game is really is really nice. It's and and it, as I said in my podcast where I talked the most about it, 
It is very, very similar to Breath of the Wild, but it's also very, very different in aspects where, you know, your weapons don't break in this game and, you know, the combat's a little bit more, um, a little bit more, uh, easier, right? Um, the, the puzzles, the, you can see some inspiration, but there's also lots of new ideas in there, but there's some similar things you can do, like moving objects with, like, you know, these tele, these laser beam hands or whatever they're called, t uh, telepathy hands or whatever. Um, there's no time manipulation like in Breath of the Wild, but there's a good amount of things you can tell that this game was inspired by. But I don't think it's a, it's, I don't think it's a ripoff, honestly. And anyone who's saying that this is a ripoff of Breath of the Wild needs to play the game because it is definitely something that's quite different. It's a, it's a very different story. Um, and I think that uh, even though, yeah, it's number four on the list, I would still give it a high recommendation. Really, the only reason why this game isn't higher is because the combat did really start to feel very monotonous. You only have two different moves you can really use, a light attack and a heavy attack along with a bow and arrow. And you also have some special moves that you can use here or there. But once I got past like the third area and I was just kind of just... Uh, it just it did it did have a, a little bit of it did have a uh, I should say a good amount of monotony <laughs> um, creeping in because I was just I was starting to feel like uh, you know this this enemy encounter I'm just gonna be spamming RT the entire time to do you know to do my sh my uh, my my heavy attack which which staggers enemies and and then I'm gonna use my pool ability to pull this flying thing closer to me it's like it's just it kind of just starts to feel like the same thing over and over again. Where this game really excels in, though, is the puzzles and, and, like I said, the story. I think that those are the two areas where this game really, really excels in. More so than, like, Spider-Man or, or even Man-Eater, obviously. Um, and I, I, I really think that they did, they did such a good job with, like, the puzzles and just the variety in the puzzles and how you go about doing them all. I think that it, just, it really is, like, a really nice combination of those two things. I just wish that the combat was a little bit more interesting, you know? Um, the game that I'm going to talk about in a little bit here has some of the, my favorite combat in it. Um, this game, after I was playing the other one, just kind of fell a little bit short because of that, you know. Um, because I played a different game that had much better combat swordplay, I should say. I think that kind of gives it away a little bit if you've been following me. Um, but anyways, uh, I, uh, you know, it's a really good game. I would recommend it. Um, it, it runs great on all systems. Um, I have not seen anyone complaining about it. I think the Switch version just loses a lot of graphical quality. So if you want to get the best experience out of this game, you can either go PC or, you know, console. That's not Switch. <laughs> Anyways, big wreck for me. If, you like, if, if you're into mythology, this is definitely one that rises above things like Assassin's Creed or, or God of War. It definitely has a nice mythology to it, and uh, it really does justice to the, the gods of Greece. Alright, give me number three, please. Come join me on the island of Spice. <sighs> Liz! I am... I was trying to carry a lamp with my weenie hands, but I dropped it, and uh, now the town's on fire. Oh, again? It's Bug Snacks. Oh, you gotta love that. You gotta, you gotta love that song. 
Uh, Bug Snacks, sleeper hit of this generation. Honestly, a really, really fun game. Um, I, I went into this. It's you know how some people go like, oh, you went into that game wanting to hate it. Well, I went into this game wanting to love it, and I really did love it. I. I got it on the Epic Store because even though it's for PS5 and PS4, I wanted to play it on my computer with a mouse and keyboard, and um, I just I really had a really fun time with it. It's 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 like it's like Pokemon where like you go around, you gotta catch them all. You know, you gotta catch all the bug snacks. Um, but instead of you know fighting with the Pokemon, you eat them <laughs> or you feed them to people. Um, Bug Snacks is just a fun, goofy game. Um, I know people are like the joke about it that you know, and they like to go, "Huh, Bug Snacks? Yeah, who cares?" I do. I think that this is a a, a really, really great game. Um, is it a kitty kitty game? I don't think so. It, I mean, it, it's good for kids. Don't get me wrong, but it also has a lot of more mature themes to it, like. As I said in in past podcasts, you know, like you know, they, they, it it goes about um, you know relationship issues, uh, anxiety, sexuality, um, you know, self importance, self worth, stuff like that. Things that are really important for for people who are you know kids who are growing up to kind of learn. And I think this game tackles those issues relatively well. And there's not a single character in this game that I really didn't like. You know, they they were all they were all very likable in one way or the other. And I think they all had very distinct personalities that set them apart from each other. And I think they all had really nice stories and conclusions to their stories um, by the end of the game. Now, you may or may not have been spoiled. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the game. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil it. But you may or may not have been spoiled. This game does turn into a little bit of a horror a horror tale towards the end but the uh, i i think it's kind of like a like compared to everything that happened in this game it's like you you kind of think about it and you go yeah that makes a lot of sense <laughs> um but but honestly i i think that it's a really really great experience what it lacks in like graphical quality it surely makes up in in gameplay puzzle solving um, interactions with characters and and stuff like that. The only the one thing that I was really wishing for was more interaction with the characters because unless the character has a side mission for you, um, they'll just kind of like be like hello and and you'll move on. You know they won't actually talk to you in like a conversation outside of like a story mission or something like that, which is you know something that I, I was kind of hoping for. And obviously you know whether this is a spoiler or not, I don't know. Maybe skip ahead like or mute your this, the the video for like five seconds. Um, one, two, three, spoiler, here it comes. They left this game open to a sequel. And I'm really interested to see what they're going to do if they do make another game. Um, I think that, uh, I think that a bigger map uh, would, 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 would be great. And I think that, uh, new, new, and new bug snacks would be really fun for a next game. But there was a lot of bug snacks in this game. And this is the other game that I was talking about that I 100%ed this year. I 100%ed bug snacks, um, on the Epic Store, uh, or the Epic Launcher, whatever you want to call it. And it was worth it. It was worth every every moment. I just I, I had a big smile on my face while playing this game. I really enjoyed trapping all the or figuring out how to trap all the bug snacks, and I really enjoyed just just going through the entire game at my own pace. I love the characters. I love I, I love the music. I love I, I love a lot about this game, and I think that it's definitely one game that you know people write it off because it's a goofy you know whatever kind of game, but. You know, in, until you actually play the game, you don't understand the magic of Bug Snacks. And to me, the magic has hit me right in my soul. And uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And it, it just brightened up 
brightened up my day anytime I would play it. I, I just really enjoyed my time with it. Um, I, I loved the characters. I think my favorite character was Chung Lo. He, he was definitely one of my favorite characters. Um, but the interaction with a lot of characters were, were really fun. And, and like I said, there's a lot of important messages in this game too. It's not like, and it's not like they're slapping you in the face with them either. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a part of their, it's a part of the story. And it's, it's, it's a really nice game. And if you haven't played Bug Snacks yet, I understand, you know, it's not one of those games that like really catches people's eyes. But for me personally, I like those more out there type games. And this was definitely my favorite out there type game of the year. You know, it, it definitely, it definitely tweaked, Peaked, I should say, piqued my interest, and it definitely satisfied me on all different levels. So I, I really, really love this game, and I, I'm excited to see what they do next, if they do something next with this with this series. Um, and uh, if you have uh, a PS5, um, unfortunately, you've already missed the free giveaway of the game from PlayStation Plus. Um, if you know, if if you didn't, if you didn't do what I did and go online and and, and redeem it. Um, you're, you're kind of out of luck, but uh, I would recommend uh, picking up this game. It, it's definitely fun, and uh, even though it's not like a quote-unquote next-gen experience, it's still a fun experience nonetheless. Okay, give me... give me a num numero dos. You are a samurai. Bound to uphold a code. Live, fight, and die with honor. If you stray from this path, what will you become? A storm is coming. <clears throat> Coming in at number two is Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, this game is a game that I put on my back burner during the pandemic era. Um, and I did not get to play it until more recently uh, and um i know that there's a slight bit of new game syndrome quote unquote which is when you really love a game and you play it a bunch and it just becomes your favorite thing um i did have a little bit of that early on but it has cleared up a little bit um i do see some of the flaws in this game that you know kind of you know make it make it not my game of the year but this game and the number one game of the year were so close, honestly. It was such a hard thing for me to do to choose between the two games. Because they are both high quality games, they both had really interesting stories and combat mechanics and etc etc. Um, but Ghost of Tsushima, I felt... I guess I'll talk about in you know my love for the game of the year in the next segment. Let's let's focus on Ghost of Tsushima. This is a love letter to Japanese movies, samurai movies, Japanese culture, heritage, etc., etc. It's a very fun and and enjoyable open world adventure. It's my favorite open world game of this year. It was just so of life you know all these different areas you go to whether it's the golden forest or the swamp lands or cast castle canada it was just 
so many beautiful vistas and you're riding your horse through these vistas and and you're just you're feeling the magic of Tsushima and it's just it just feels so so nice and the guiding wind being your navigation thing was such a good idea uh, I don't know how why a developer ha hadn't thought of that yet but this game, the combat is what really sets it apart from games like, you know, Immortals Phoenix Rising or something like that, because the the sword combat is so much fun. It's so fluid. You definitely feel like a samurai. You have so many different stances. The four, you have four different stances to choose from, each of them for a different weapon type that an enemy might have, whether it's a sword, a spear, a sword and shield, or or a big boy, a big guy. Um, and you and switching between them during combat doing perfect parries, doing special moves like the wild, the wild dance. It's just, everything about the game really just comes together so, so well. Um, like, like, just, uh, the overall, like, open world of the game is really, really nice as well. Um, just how, just, like, it looks like a daunting and huge map. And, yeah, relatively, it is a pretty big map. But it's also designed in a way that makes it easy to kind of adventure around you know nothing so far away out of your reach that you know you're not going to have a fast travel point near it or you know it's going to be like a a thousand mile you know hike you know everything is pretty pretty close together and even on the way to a new area you'll get peppered with you know uh combat encounters uh you know uh, um, um you know, shrines and level up areas or, or places that give you more you know just bonuses for for visiting them um, villages to visit with different merchants inside of, in, in them. Um, you know, Mongol territory. You know, this game is all about defeating the Mongols. Um, you know, you'll you'll run into like a Mongol encampment, and you'll 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 either choose to do stealth or go right in with a with a with a, with a, your samurai moves if you want to. Um, the one thing that kind of irks me about the game is there's a lot of areas in the game that aren't like like even though it's an open world game and you can go anywhere you want get well you can't go here because that's part of a story mission and that's one of those things that i don't like about the game is there's so many areas that you go to and you're like why can't i get inside this fort or why can't i climb this lighthouse or why can't i do this it's because it's usually because it's a part of a a story mission so what i recommend to anyone who wants to try this game out i would recommend just kind of going from story mission objective to a story mission objective or a side mission or whatever and doing those and then if you want to do the 100 percent or you want to find more things you know wait until you've done all that stuff and then kind of start to explore around that's just my you know, the way that i played the game because i was getting a little bit too frustrated going to a village clearing out the village and then you know being stuck out of a house or stuck out of something that would that would that would you know because of a story mission or something like that or you know having to go back through an entire combat encounter in mongol to you know you know a fortress that you just liberated because the story needs you to do that you know it's one of those things also i did find out from a youtube video once again um that the story in the game is not so true to history um there was an actual like samurai historian who was like well the samurai would do like stealth stuff you know it's not it's not like they wouldn't you know, it's just they they preferred to you know fight with honor and you know up front with, with someone, but they didn't say it was dishonorable to you know do stealth stuff and and and, and spec out missions. You know, uh, but this game really hammers home and it does a good job of it. Not I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad story. I'm just saying it's a, you know you just kind of have to ignore the fact that it's a little bit you know 
rewriting history, I guess you could say. But anyways, you're playing as Jin, who is a born and bred samurai, and in this timeline, samurai, they don't do... You stab someone in the back, that's dishonorable, blah, blah, blah. It's all about honor, of course. And Jin is having to, you know, after his the entire samurai army of Tsushima is destroyed in the opening scene, the Lord Shimura, who is like the leader of this army, gets captured, who is also your uncle. And you go on, you 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 need the you need to save him. You know that's that's the main point of the first part of the game, and that's all in the within the first hour. So I'm not spoiling anything. Um, and essentially, you you go through this this you know, the entire first part of the game, kind of coming to grips with the fact that you're going to have to employ different tactics in order to uh, defeat the the Mongols because the Mongols aren't aren't playing fair either. So you got to kind of do this or that and. Even though um, later in the game, I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, you later on in the game, there's there's disagreements between characters because of this. Um, but it, I think it does a really good job. Of, like it just shows, it shows a good uh, a good mix of both sides of these things, and you can tell that Jin is kind of conflicted even after so much playing time of the game with what if, with how he's been going about things, and you know, of course, people you know kind of give him the thing, you know, give him the, oh, you shouldn't be doing that kind of act, and blah, 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 um, to kind of mess with the butt. All in all, <clears throat> very, very good game, graphically pleasing, love the open world, I love the duels, the duels are like the cream of the crop of the game, they're really fun, they just give the, like, everything about this game screams like samurai movie, but you're playing it, and it's so, so cool in that aspect, I, I, I really enjoy every part of this game. Like I said, really the only thing that really irks me about it is is like the, the how they set up the open world combined with the story missions, and then also the grappling hook is really goofy in this game. It doesn't always want to work, um, but uh, other than that, I, I feel like this is a really, really, really good game. Uh, like like a, a nine out of ten, something like that. I, I just really enjoyed myself and. Um, I understand why so many people wanted this to win game of the year now. Uh, there, there was a time where I had not played this game enough, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Why, why do so many people want this game to be game of the year? Well, I understand now. I understand now completely, and I, I, like I said, I had a lot of trouble deciding between this game and the next game we're going to talk about. Um, so let's just go ahead, let's just go ahead and, and introduce uh, the game of the year. What's number one? So Last of Us Part 2 um, is more than just a video game, you know? I, I know that there's a lot of heated arguments and debates and opinions and comments about this game and every, every facet, but uh, I personally had a <clears throat> wonderful experience with this game. Um, 
it's hard to put into words just how how you feel about a game that just just makes you like really really think you know just, like this this game <clears throat> has so has such an in-depth and well-written story and I, I think that a lot of people who give it criticism haven't gotten past like the first few hours of the game you know I, I think this game what it lacks in the first like you know the, the first spoiler you know um, it it really gains back in how they they portray both Ellie and Abby throughout the experience of this game if you don't know and I don't want I don't want to spoil anything so maybe mute for a few seconds here if you don't know you switch to a different character in the in the middle of the game who is Abby who did kill Joel at the beginning of the game and when that happened I felt the same way as a lot of people. I was like, what the fuck is going on? This fucking sucks. Why Why are they doing this? But as you played as the character, you kind of... Like, me personally, I, I like Abby more than I like Ellie now. I, I think that Abby is a better character and, and, and has a better story arc than Ellie does. Because even at the end of the game when you're playing as Ellie and you're, like, you're hunting down Abby for the last time in the game... It's like, I don't want to do this, you know? I liked how it was about to end, but that's not the point of this game, and that's not that, that has never been the point of The Last of Us, to give you, like, a happy, you know, or, you know, you know, do what you want to do. Because this isn't our story. This isn't the player's story. This is Naughty Dog's story, and they can do whatever they want with the story. And what they did with the story was fine. Now, would I have liked the end of this game, of, this, of the story to be a little bit different? Of course. I already talked about that in, in depth with uh, my Ferret 64 podcast where I went into a, a big deep dive about about the story structure in this game. And even though I don't agree that this with the story structure, I, I equated it to a hamburger where like the patty's on the bottom and the lettuce is on top of the meat and the bun is on, you know, whatever, you know. Um, but I do think that it's still a very well-written story. And even though I would have put things maybe in a different place, you know, maybe had the past stuff be before the present stuff, you know, instead of mixed in between things. I do understand why they did it, though, you know? I understand why there's two different sets of Day 1, 2, and 3 in Seattle for each character, because when you're going through with Ellie's story, they want you to feel what Ellie feels. I want revenge. I hate them. They did this. They did that. I hate them. Hate them. I want to hunt them down and kill them all, right? That's what they want you to feel, and they and, and that's how I felt. I went through it not caring about, you know, who they were. I just, I just wanted them dead because they killed a, a fan favorite character right they, they killed the character and then they flip the switch on you entirely and you go why the fuck did they do this what the hell I don't care about this character I want her dead but what they do with that anger they switch it off and they turn it into something different both these characters Ellie and Abby have such unique story arcs but they're also very similar in some ways and <laughs> I, like I said, I kind of ended up liking Abby more. This game is more than just a bang, bang, shoot, you shoot, shoot, stealth your way through, plant a bomb, explosion, you know, throw a Molotov type game. It's more than that. There is a deep story underneath it all that that really works well, um, and it just it all just combines into a really fantastic experience. And 
This game runs perfectly fine on an original PS4 as I tested and played through the entire game on an original PS4. Never crashed once, never had any problems, it's optimized for this system. Same thing with Ghost of Tsushima, it runs perfectly fine on an original PS4 because it's, it's, it was made for this generation. And I think that these top two games of mine that I put on this list are really the the final, you know, like the, the, the big goodbye for the current generation, you know, the PS4 generation. I, I really do think that they are the, the peak, the best of the best, and uh, Sony did a great job saving them for this big hoorah ending. Now, would I have released The Last of Us um, and the Ghost of Tsushima so close together? Obviously, no, that was probably not planned, but whatever. Um, but I think that Last of Us definitely wins over uh, Ghost of Tsushima, in my opinion. Um, I like the gunplay, the sound design, the sound design in Last of Us Part 2 is so fucking good, dude. Like, it deserved most of the awards that it got. I will give it some flack because of how they treated the developers and how the crunch time came in. Um, I will, I will say that that is not cool, and I, I really hope that developers start to learn from these instances and how, you know, I, I just, I just, I don't want these developers to to just like start to hate what they do, you know, because you can tell that that Last of Us Part Two has so much passion put into it. These people love this game. They worked on it for for years, and the the end product is really really good. It's a nine point five out of ten for me. It, 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 I I just think that the story structure is a little bit off, but other than that, it's a nine point five, and I will I will go to the grave with that rating. I love this game. I love the characters in this game. I love I love everything about it. The the set pieces combined with the story elements and and the these like areas that aren't like open world but they're kind of open world because you can go into these houses and have, you know, all these different things happen. What I uh, and uh, I will say this, Naughty Dog did do the Naughty Dog thing like that they like to do like an Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy and stuff like that where um, they have like a, a huge area that you can explore early on in the game and then they never do that again I kind of I kind of wish that the game was more set up like that where you know you would like like in the beginning of the game day one of Seattle you're you're on your horse you're going around this big open area to like all these different buildings and even though they have that throughout the game it's not as grandiose as in the original opening scene which I really enjoyed and I enjoyed the ex exploration throughout the rest of the game and I think that even though I would have liked a you know bigger exploration areas in general, I think that for me personally and and this year in general, um, I think that the a more straightforward story and a little bit less exploration in a game like this was perfect for me throughout the year for, throughout this year especially because I was more focused on playing games that had a shorter story or had a more linear aspect to them and last was part two filled that void for me i, I really enjoyed this game I, I the graphical quality the the gameplay elements everything about it is just really top notch and it really makes you think and feel you know like i i at the end of this game when the credits started rolling i, I just i couldn't believe what i had just finished you know it was it was like damn this was really really good like i sure I, I still have my criticism of the game who doesn't but i think that the pros vastly outweigh the cons in this scenario and i i really don't think that the decisions they made with the story were really all all that terrible that i would go on you know uh on metacritic and give it a zero and rant about whatever you know like i i i i came into this game objectively without any outside influence 
and I ended up really, really enjoying it. And even though there are people who reviewed the game like Ren's Reviews or Nakey Jakey or or even even uh, Your Movie Sucks who played through the game on his gameplay channel and, and was kind of poking fun at it. Uh, I, I like those, you know, they all have valid criticisms, but I, I just, uh, you know, my opinion, I, I, I think that it's a it's a defining game of, of last generation, I, I'm going to say, the PS4 generation. And uh, I, I think that it was like the perfect like swan song. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. This perfect swan song for the end of the generation. The other thing that I want to say about the game is that unlike The Last of Us Part 1, this game has vastly different um, <clears throat> themes. Vastly different themes to it. Last of Us 1, um, I mean, there's, there's themes of, you know, loss, um, redemption, I guess you could say. Um, you know, finding yourself, you know, finding a reason to keep going after a tragic event in your life, stuff like that, you know, it, it, it really strongly shows that stuff. <clears throat> and this game has a bit of a different theme to it for, for both of the characters that you, that, that you use in this game. Um, you have the, the, the one, the theme of revenge and, you know, um, post-traumatic stress, you know, stress disorder, uh, in this game. Um, you have themes of, Forgiveness and themes of um, redemption as well, and you also have like a theme of atonement. I guess you could say atoning for for like your past um, failures and stuff like that. Uh, regret is a huge one in here as well, and it's all things that we deal with, not on the same level, obviously, but it's all things that we deal with. Um, and I, I think that the the arc of Abby. Is, is vastly superior to the arc of Ellie in those terms because where Abby like kind of earns her redemption and earns her atonement um, Ellie <clears throat> she's still fixated on revenge up until like the very last part of this game and I, I guess that's just that's just like you know it's, it's good that like the end of the game ends the way that it does obviously I like I you know I don't mind how the game ended um, I just I just wish that they hadn't done like a final like fist fight or or whatever in this one because honestly I think just letting Abby leave on the boat and I, I I'll try to remember to put like a spoiler tag at the bottom of the video um, for this but when Abby leaves on the boat I, I just feel like that Ellie should have just let her go you know because yeah I, I think that Ellie should just let her go instead of being like we have to finish this like I, I get it you know Tommy got in your head whatever but uh, I think that even now you can like Ellie could see that like it's not worth it. You know, revenge isn't worth it. I think that's the one of the main things of this is too is like revenge isn't worth it. Like you're not gonna you're, everything's not gonna get better after you take your revenge, right? Uh, and I think that uh, the main the main focal point of that is Abby as a character. She still feels the effects of what Joel did, even you know whether he really meant to or not. You know, the mess up you know to do what he did. Um, it doesn't help her. In, in the way that she thought it would and uh, that's that, that's expressed very well and that's why she regrets doing what she did what she does and she finds atonement in the two kids that that she finds from from the uh, the the mortal enemies of the wolves you know uh, but I think I think I'm starting to go too close into spoiler territory and I don't want to spoil things for people um, especially if you haven't played the game yet I want you all to I want you all to go into the game with an open mind if you're going to go into it. I'm not going to force you to play this game. I just want you to know this is my favorite game of this year. Um, it's, it's, it's just such a well put together game. Graphically, sound design, musically, 
there's there's a fucking there's a guitar in this game that you can fool you can pretty much practically fully play. You know, it's like how, how do you not give it a pos like a, anything positive just for that? It's like that is so cool. You know, the story beats. Even though they're a bit, they're they're in places that I don't want them to be. I still appreciate the story. I still like the story. I still think that this is um, one of the greatest games that that I played, uh, that I've played. Um, it's it's definitely a good complementary game to the first one because they change enough in this one, but they also keep a lot of things the same. Um, so I think that it really is like a really good sequel to the first game, and it definitely tackles different things, you know. Who, who wants to play a game with the same themes, the same blah, 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 blah? You know, you need something different in these games, right? How many times am I going to play as generic white man who uh, uses a gun and shoots people, right? You know, you, you want so I want something different from my games right now, you know? I, I, want, I want more diversity in my games, and this game is definitely one that gave me that diversity, and I really appreciate that, coming from a different perspective, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's 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 some of the main reasons why The Last of Us Part 2 is my favorite game this year. And uh, people who listened to that Ferret 64 episode, um, I'm not sure why no one put this game higher than like a 3 on their on their guesses list. But I mean, I said everything that I could possibly say to like hint that it's going to be either 1 or 2, you know? Um, if that's one of those things. Like, uh, I don't know. Let's talk about some, um, uh, really quickly, we're going to talk about some honorable mentions. Obviously, the first one on my list that probably would have been number 11 if I was doing an expanded list would be Doom Eternal. Uh, very fun game, uh, but it's not as good as the 2016 Doom, in my opinion. I, 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 liked, I liked Doom 2016 better than this one. Carry On, uh, another indie game by, by uh, Devolver Digital. Really, really cool experience. Just really way too short and not enough uh, direction in the game. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I did not enjoy this game as much as Blind Forest. I will say it's still a fun game, though. It's a beautiful game. Um, I just I didn't enjoy it as much as the first game. Uh, Pumpkin Jack, a single studio guy who who made a game, a, a passion project, was really really good. Um, it, it was a really fun experience. Fall Guys took the took the world by storm. Right, <clears throat> um, fun game. A little frustrating at times. Uh, especially with like just the bullshit that happens in it sometimes, I, I couldn't put it on my list. Mortal Shell, excellent Dark Souls or Souls-like game um, that just got a little bit too repetitive uh, as I went through it, um, and also the healing system with the mushrooms was bullshit. <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla didn't play enough of it. Um, didn't like what they did by adding microtransactions like things that'll actually give you like more XP and stuff like that. For an, an absurd amount of price, just for that alone, I could not put it on this list. Um, like twenty dollars for an for an XP boost, like come on, that's 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 just fucking stupid. I, I don't like that decision, and because the game is is not as polished as I would like it to be, uh, it didn't make the list. Serious Sam Four, unfortunately, uh, was just not as much fun as Three. I think that Three is uh, superior in every single way. Um, even though it was a fun game and it kind of reminisced, it was reminiscent of Three. It just didn't hit that same tone with me. And I think that the main reason for that is just because, like, graphically and voice acting wise, it just kind of stunk. But everything else was fun. Star Wars Squadrons uh, did not play enough of it. Um, what I did play of it, though, I like day one, I was already worse than fifty percent of the player base, so that wasn't th that wasn't a lot of fun. Fuser, a very nice game by Harmonix. 
Um, I think that the story mode and like the tutorial mode, which is like spanning over several, like 15 different fucking venues, was a bit much. I, I feel like they needed to condense the game, the campaign part of the campaign, uh, the game a little bit more. And I, I just, I was like, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's also like really weird. Like some of the things just don't mix well. Like most of the rock songs just will not mix with anything. So it's, it kind of ruins the experience a little bit. And then finally, I have to mention that uh, Marvel's The Avengers was my least favorite game this year. Slow, tedious, monotonous, too, a combination of too many genres, um, not fun, uh, not interesting to me at all. Uh, I just, I didn't really, I just didn't enjoy it. It was, just, everything was just slow and, and painful. Um, I liked Ms. Marvel and I liked the, you know, I like these Marvel characters, but uh, they need their own separate games. We didn't need, we didn't. We shouldn't have gotten an Avengers game right now, and uh, I think that the main reason that they put an Avengers game out was because Marvel Spider-Man did so well. They wanted to just be like, "Well, Spider-Man did well. Well, let's just if if we put all these Avengers characters into one game, everyone will buy it and it'll be a blast and everyone will love it no matter what." Well, yeah, you got that wrong. Apologies if you liked the game. I just could not. I, I just could not with it. I, I was very bored. Uh, finally, on the list, I forgot to mention this. Um, I want to mention Zombie Army 4 Dead War was a fun game. Um, it definitely built on what the uh, original trilogy had. Um, I just uh, I, I just didn't like how there was like hardly any weapons in it. And the weapons you could get were like DLC. You had to buy the weapons. And the main campaign was like there's some main campaign levels that are just like really short. And I was like, you know, you could have done a lot more with this. Um, but overall, I did enjoy it. So it's not like I didn't enjoy it. And then uh, finally, another cyberpunk game that came out this year that I think is vastly superior to uh, like cyberpunk right now. I have to play more of it, of course. Uh, Cloudpunk, which is a game where you play as like a futuristic taxi kind of driver. And you go around this really nicely designed city, uh, picking up people and dropping people off and solving the mystery of the blah, blah, blah. Um, if you want to check that out, I would definitely recommend checking out that. And any other game that I talked about today. Um, if you want to check them out, of course, they're they're everywhere. Okay. Big, 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 big thank you to everyone who's here right now. I really appreciate it. This year was uh, was a tough year, both um, mentally and, and just uh, in general. Uh, it was a tough year for everyone. And I think that uh, the one saving grace from this year was the quality of video games that we got. Although, I'm, I'm not including Cyberpunk, okay? I'm not including Cyberpunk this year, okay? Y'all shouldn't include it either. It, it came out too late in December, and it's a broken mess, and I feel like it doesn't... It, it, it Like, it was supposed to be released next year anyways, but pressure, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to talk about it here, but I think that the majority of this year's games were quality games, and that, that was, like, one of the beacons of hope throughout this entire year was just playing these games and having fun with them. Um... And uh, I just I, I'm I appreciate all these developers and all their hard work, uh, the the soundtrack creators and stuff like that. Just they made a lot of great experiences this year. If your game wasn't on my list or on the top ten list, uh, that's 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 okay. Your list is your list. Your opinion is your opinion, which is why I go out on Twitter every year and I ask what everyone's game of the years are. Um, I have them scrolling in the background here, um, but I'm seeing a lot of um, uh, Final Fantasy VII remakes on here. 
Um, you know, uh, there's just there's a lot of different games on here, uh, and I just I just uh, you know your opinion matters, which is why I'm scrolling them in the background right now. Uh, if you didn't get uh, your chance to talk about your favorite game or put your favorite game uh, in you know in, uh, in a reply to my Twitter, that's okay. You know, um, just reply here or or in my in my comments section. All right. Anyways, 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 I'm Yummy the Ferret, aka Yummy. I appreciate you guys so much. Let's have a great 2021, everyone. Let's go into this year with high hopes, and um, I hope that you all get got what you wanted for for the holidays. I hope you had a nice New Year, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Um, I'm Yummy the Ferret, and I'm out of here. I'll see you guys later. Bye bye. Thanks for listening.